If you can think of it, we probably got it here. We also have two juried film festivals each year that are internationally acclaimed. So we are a busy facility. We're also a community rental facility. So if we are doing something, somebody else here is. You're listening to The Hospitality Leaders. Each week on the show, we bring you conversations with leaders in the hospitality, event, and food service industries. Our conversations help you understand the state of the industry, the challenges we all face today, and what the future holds. Subscribe and be sure to check out our website for more resources at hospitalityleaderspodcast.com. This episode is brought to you by Upshift. Our on-demand staffing platform allows businesses to hire high-quality hourly workers with peace of mind. Find out more at upshift.work. All right, I'm here today with Randy McKay. He's the president and CEO of the Carolina Theater at Durham. How are you doing today, Randy? I am great. It's great to be here, and thanks for the invite. Yeah, I'm excited to have you today. I think you're actually my first person in this market, so I always like to ask, how's business going? How are things looking in Durham? I'll tell you the things are really moving hot and fast in Durham, which is great considering where I know we've all been for the last two years. For the Carolina Theater specifically, our shows are selling more tickets, about 14% more tickets on average across shows than pre-pandemic numbers. And that I didn't think was going to be possible this early into the recovery. But I'm really thankful that folks seem to want to get out and about and experience the life and culture that they couldn't when all of us were closed. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely awesome. So are you finding a lot of local business? Are you finding you're a tourist attraction? What does that look like for you right now? We're a little bit of both. And the tourism business has come back. Now we're a regional draw, not a national or international draw necessarily, but folks are coming from surrounding states to join us for shows. And occasionally, depending on who's on our stage, from across the country to join us. So it's clear that if the offering is of interest, they will show up. And I'm really thankful that for that because we are also one of the major economic engines of downtown Durham, which is a place that has a lot of unique local businesses and very few big box stores. So they rely on the traffic that we drive them. And of course, for the couple of years we were all closed, it was really hard for local business. So I'm very thankful that we're driving that out of town dollar back to their businesses now. That is absolutely awesome. Yeah. I, just this morning, I saw an article on Yahoo that showed Raleigh Durham is one of the top five fastest growing cities in the US, which I looked at my calendar today. I'm like, wow, wait, I could use that one. That's a good one. It's, I mean, are you, are you, does it feel that way where you're at right now that people are coming to the market? It does indeed. And if you were able to look around this building that I'm sitting here talking to you from, you would find construction cranes on all sides of us. There is a 30-some story luxury condo tower being built behind us. There are a bunch of condos being built down the street. Google and Apple are all opening new campuses within blocks of us. So a lot is happening in Durham, which is very good for us from an economy point of view. We didn't necessarily have the infrastructure set up to do this kind of expansion this quickly. So it's a little challenging to find lodging here. I am relatively new to the market. And when I moved here during the pandemic closure, I couldn't find housing in Durham. So it's challenging to have that rate of expansion, but it also 
shows that this is a community that's very vibrant and that is great for both large and small business. That's awesome. You mentioned you moved there. So maybe let's back this up a bit. You know, Randy, can you tell us a little bit about you and maybe kind of like your journey and kind of like how you ended up here? I guess I'll start with a very brief overview of where I am and then I'll back it up to how I got here. If that's all right with you. So that's great. I'm sitting here talking to you from the beautiful 1926 Carolina Theater. And this was built by the city of Durham as the Durham Auditorium, which our front of our building still says up at the top of the facade. And it is a beautiful Beaux-Arts historic structure. We're lucky that it is still standing here. There were 13 of these beautiful theaters in downtown Durham. We are the only one still standing. So as happened in most cities, a lot of the old and considered shabby was torn down to make way for the new. And at some point, the Duramites stood up and said, you will take no more of our history away. And it was really a volunteer effort to save this theater, to keep it from being torn down as it was scheduled to be, and to restore it and bring it back to life. So it has been operated by our nonprofit organization since the early 70s. It had a full restoration and expansion in the early 90s and has been operating for the last 30 years 365 days a year it, we are a major we're one of the busiest facilities of our size in the country so that's where we're at <laughs> i got here <laughs> i guess my story starts as one of those precocious six-year-olds that thought that they would be an, an actor don't we all and got every little kid role in community theater until I realized there were actually people who were good at this and perhaps they should do it and started pestering the stage crew to let me help them plug in lights or microphones or whatever else and became an equity stage manager in union live theater production. Done a couple shows on, on Broadway and most of my work has been on the West Coast here and at some point got tired of looking for a new show every time a show closed so every three or four months going to look for a new job got tiresome and i moved into management of arts organizations at one point the organization i was looking for was looking for a new home and we found an abandoned movie palace much like the one i'm talking to you from down the street and worked with another arts organization and the city to restore it and bring it back to life in san jose california and since then i have restored three of these beautiful buildings and brought them back to life and please dear god never again uh, <laughs> but it was it was great to see the community be able to enjoy a place that they had enjoyed as a kid and bring their family to again in a new way when those facilities came online. And so when I was looking for what the next adventure would be, here was the Carolina Theater looking for new leadership. And I have had my eye on this theater for years and this market for years. So I guess the long story short is here I am. And this one, I don't have to build. And I am so excited about that. <laughs> well, that is awesome. That is awesome. Well, so you've given us a bit of the history. You told us a little bit about the Carolina Theater. What kind of, of shows, what kind of acts, what, what's going on at the Carolina Theater right now? That really depends on the day. So please check out our, our calendar online. <laughs> but we are primarily on our main stage, primarily live concerts and comedy we have because we're a historic facility 
a relatively small stage compared to the size of the auditorium. We're 1,100 seats, so a good mid-size performing arts center, but fairly small stage because of our historic theater nature. So the big Broadway touring shows that go to our neighboring facility up the street will never be here. And that's fine. That's not what we're best at. We're best at live music and stand-up comedy. It's a much more intimate space for comedy. It works much better here than in the 3000 seat venue up the street. So we are very busy. Our main stage is in use about 306 nights a year. And we also have cinema, which was part of the expansion of the theater in the 90s. And those cinemas operate 365 days a year with art house and independent film and a lot of what we call retro programming, which are all of the great classics that are 20 years old or older. And unfortunately, that includes even Harry Potter these, these days, which is hard for me to fathom. So <laughs> if you can think of it, we probably got it here. We also have two juried film festivals each year that are internationally acclaimed. So we are a busy facility. We're also a community rental facility. So if we are doing something, somebody else here is. That's incredible. So you've got about 1,100 seats there. You've got a couple of other avenues for revenue. I guess my question would be, you said it, right? They built the shinier, newer, bigger <laughs> facilities down the street, right? So you're part of this, this history of Durham. So what are you doing to compete with those bigger boxes, shinier toys, newer, everything? I mean, how are you competing there? I think this is probably one of those stories that would be true of the restaurant sector, maybe even the hotel sector, Find what you're good at and specialize in it and stay in that lane and you'll probably be successful because others can't copy you. No one else here in town has a facility that looks as beautiful as mine that's as cozy and intimate to see marquee names in as the Carolina Theater. So... They may have 3,000 seats up the street, and I have season tickets there. I love the place, but I can't have the same experience there that I have when I come to the Carolina Theater. So part of that is the history and the beauty of this facility. Part of it is also finding out how you can differentiate yourself in the guest experience here. And we're very good at making everyone feel like they're in their living room, but they're going to see a superstar on stage. So making this a comfortable and fun place to be is, is a huge part of that experience. Also looking for how you can make someone's experience extra special, whether it's some kind of VIP add-on where they get an experience that they can't have anywhere else in town. All those are the kinds of things that you can look toward to really create the niche and the keep yourself top of mind in a community, regardless of what your competitors may have available to them that you don't. Those are phenomenal points, right? I mean, like a lot of people will sit back and say, well, I've got this grand dame, hundred year old building and people will come because I'm here, but it takes it down to the next level, right? Which is what can you make to differentiate yourself? So when you're talking about your team, right? And the, and the customer experience, how are you training your team to create a customer experience and what are they delivering right now? I think there's a lot of things. What is their first contact with us? Is it buying a ticket on our website or calling our box office? What is that experience like? Is it pleasant? Buying a ticket isn't very exciting. Some ways you, you're excited because of what you're going to get to go do afterwards, but it's a pretty mechanical process. How easy do we make it? 
do we give them a confirmation email that has a creative, a welcoming voice, or do they just get the standard, here's your receipt, thanks for your money? From every point of contact, thinking about it from what you would like to receive as a consumer if you were coming here, I think is really where that magic can happen. If you are a fan of Disney, how well it can be done, because Disney is very good at all touch points, making sure that the experience is as pleasant as it can be. And if you have that mindset as a business of, if I were coming here, what would I want to see? Who would I want to interact with? What would I want that experience to look like? So I always take it back with our team to what is the customer experiencing when they reach here? What is that first point of contact and what's it like? When they arrive at the theater, yes, they have to go through security and that's let's make it pleasant, but let's also make it clear it's for their benefit that they're going through this. So it's not necessarily fun, but let's at least make sure our security team is pleasant and professional. When they get past security and they come through the front doors, are they greeted? By whom? And what's that relationship like? Our building is a little confusing when you step in the front doors to know where you're going to go. The entrances to the auditorium are not immediately apparent. Is there someone there to help friendly and ask if they need help finding directions to where they're going. If they have to wait in line at the concession stand, is there a way to make that experience more pleasant when they get to the front of that line? What's that experience like when they go in to be seated? What's that like? So really looking at all the touch points that we have and making sure that we're providing the kind of welcoming environment that we would expect to have if we were coming to a show here. That's spot on is that every single interaction has to be unique. It can't just be one unique interaction and you're expecting to ride that out through the entire experience, right? It has to be great every single time in order for you to compete and really win share, which is what I think we're all trying to do these days. Correct. And there are that you can't control, right? There will be a line at the restroom at intermission. There will be lines at the bar, no matter how well you're staffed, especially in a historic venue like this that has space constraints. But how do you make the interactions that you can control special? And we've got a huge parking deck that the city controls across the street. It's the only real place to park near us. We don't control that experience. And to be frank, neither does the city. And it's a pretty big problem that <laughs> we talk to them about regularly. But how do you turn a frustrated customer into a happy one once they've joined the part of the journey that you can control? And how do you solve that angst that they've just had by having to sit in line for an hour to enter a parking deck that shouldn't have taken them nearly that long. So there's parts you can't control, but making sure that you have all the parts you can under your control and that every interaction you can, you're always going to get somebody who's grumpy no matter what you do for them. That's our industry, right? Especially if you're in the food industry. What I mean, <laughs> people are picky about their food and not necessarily <laughs> kind about it. So how do you handle those experiences and some of the training behind that. And the American Hotel and Lodging Educational Institute's guest service gold is really a great starting place that I require most of our front of house staff to go through. And then leading by example and having all of our team leads also always out front, always greeting customers, always watching the interactions that are happening with the other team members 
and coaching. We require our front of house staff to go through customer service training twice a year. And that's a lot of time and expense, but it pays off in the end. And I know we're all busy. How do you take the time to do that? But you got to find it because that's the difference between going here or if you're a restaurant, that's the difference between a commercial restaurant and experience that you can have at a great local institution who's taken the time to realize that their customers are the gold. Well, I think that's absolutely spot on. And so you talked about training, you talked about putting people in the right mindset, and you talked about making that experience at every level. Start with me when somebody walks through their door to come work for you. Like, How are you putting them in the mindset of being part of a hundred years worth of history and bringing that to life. One of the first things we do is talk about the history of this building. We walk them through the building. We show them the beautiful parts. We also show them the constraints that really affect how we can and can't operate with our customers. We've also taken the time on all three of our public lobby levels to create museum displays about the history of this building. So they are high quality museum displays. The main floor is the history of the building as it relates to the history of downtown Durham. The second floor is about the volunteers that saved the theater from being torn down and the other theaters that were here that were torn down. And the third floor talks about the history of segregation in this building and in most buildings in the South, and how through the work of students at local schools here over a two-year period of protesting this building, how that changed and the desegregation of this theater led to the desegregation of all the theaters and buildings in Durham and ultimately all of North Carolina. And it's from the protests that largely began here. So we don't shy away from the good and the bad of the history because that also affects the customer experience. We have people who come here who have been reluctant to come through our doors because of experiences they had earlier in their life here. So acknowledging that and finding out how we can make sure that everyone feels welcomed here is part of the discussion we have from the very beginning with our employees. From there, we chain them on basic customer service. And on welcoming, and we lead by example. And those, I think, are the ways that keep that top of mind, because we talk about it with our, we also have a volunteer usher corps that also is required to go through that training, so that at the beginning of every shift, we remind them that they're at the Carolina Theater, and regardless of where else they may volunteer, here, we are here to greet our customers and to make sure that they have a great experience every time. I think that's spot on as, as far as what needs to happen in order to create the experience. And then one of the things I'm hearing as you're talking is it sounds like you do a really good job of refining and defining your value proposition relative to where you sit in the market. So as you're working with your team, how do you help them? You've talked about the different trainings and things like that and being out front and being present, but how do you help them bring that value proposition to life to make that customer experience unique for you as opposed to a theater experience, which could be you or the guy down the street? Well, part of it is there is a lot of ownership of this facility by our staff. And 
they want everyone to have a good experience here too because they're so proud of the place they work so instilling that pride of place both through the history and through the kinds of programming that we bring here and the way that we try to embrace the community as a whole with our programming some things are more commercially viable than others so but making sure that everyone feels like this is their space. And that's one of the things that I work on every day here out in the community. We have a street team that makes sure that we have a presence at fairs and festivals and farmers markets and anything else that's going on in town, not only to sell what theater is doing, but also to make it clear that we're part of this community and that we are proud of the community that we're in. And that sense of pride really translates to that customer service experience that you're asking about. It's also who we hire. Let's be honest, you can train some basic skills, but that willingness to just welcome and say hello is an aid. So finding somebody who really has the wish and the skills to make their work environment pleasant for not only their coworkers and themselves, but everyone they come in contact with is part of the goal. And you don't win every one of those. But <laughs> again, leading by example, really. I tell you, I think a lot of people, when they think about customer experience, right, they're looking at individual interactions and how can you win individual interactions. What I love what I'm hearing from you is it's not just the individual interactions. It's literally the buildup all the way back to pre-screening and hiring and then onboarding and training and building that value proposition, bringing them over to understand what the Carolina Theater in Durham means to not only the community, but also to the history of the market. And then all of that leads up to that one interaction, right? Like that that one minute where they came in the door and now that's the interaction that you've been trying to build from pre-screening all the way to conversation. That's absolutely awesome. Well, and we're like every business, we're understaffed right now as everybody is. And that's been the hardest part because you have to weigh do we want the line to be 17 miles long because we have one bartender? <laughs> or do we want to take the bartender who may not quite be where we want them to be yet in that journey on customer service and see how far we can grow them into that? And so I can't say that we win every interaction as much as I would like to for that reason. But starting from that basic proposition of pride of ownership and pride of place and community and the understanding that the emphasis is not just on the dollar sign, it's on the person giving us that dollar sign is really where we start. Well, I think that's absolutely awesome. As people are joining your team or, or you're talking to people that are coming into the industry, what kind of advice are you giving them to kind of prepare them for where we are today? <laughs> You've heard me preaching here already. So <laughs> I guess I'll get back on my soapbox. I really feel that especially in the post-pandemic era, the only way we're going to be successful at getting people out of their homes and away from their streaming services is to provide a unique fun experience that they cannot have at home. And that really starts with the customer service. Yes, we can have the best show on our stage of your life, but is it really going to get you off of your sofa unless 
you can't have this experience anywhere else. And so I really think looking at those differentiators, looking at the voice that your corporation or entity uses from even just a thank you or a emailed receipt when they buy the ticket up through their entire interaction is important to creating the level of excitement that's going to get people coming back to you rather than staying at home. And we've all got to look for every opportunity to do that, to compete with. I mean, we spent a year and a half training people how to entertain themselves at home. Let's be honest here. So (laughs) now we've got to train them why it's important that they get out and come back to live entertainment, come back to in-person dining, come back to travel and lodging. We've got to make that experience something they want to do. And that starts with that customer service experience, regardless of what your product is, they can get it somewhere else. I think that's spot on advice. And I mean, that building that customer experience is, if you're coming in, it's one of those things where a lot of times people overlook it as a valued skill set until they realize it's the basis of everything we do as a business. You can train them how to use the cash register or how to cook the food, but you can't necessarily train that instinct. I think everybody sitting at home right now is bobbing their head, just agreeing with you on that. Cause I think it's a, it's been a huge piece of our industry, especially during the rebuild. Right. Well, Randy, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a great conversation. If people want to learn more about the Carolina theater in Durham, where are they going? Well, absolutely. Please do reach out carolinatheater.org. We are a historic theater, so we spell theater the old-fashioned way. It's T-H-E-A-T-R-E, but carolinatheater.org will bring you right to us. You can learn more about the shows that we have going on and also the other kinds of community interaction that we have, our education programs, our film programs, all of it's right there. That's great. Well, Randy, thank you so much for being a guest today, and I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. All right. Talk soon. Thank you for listening, and we hope you found this episode insightful. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star review. You can find more information and links to all the resources mentioned in today's episode at hospitalityleaderspodcast.com.